Stonks. This is Corey, and this is the Only the Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 356 of the Only the Podcast. Coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice, the easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. And right off the top, a quick RIP to Screech. Unfortunately, beloved uh, Screech from Saved by the Bell, uh, who I'm realizing more and more with my coworkers, they have no idea about anything from pop culture from before, you know, 2005. Yeah. But uh, Dustin Diamond, who played the character Screech on Saved by the Bell, Saved by the Bell, the new class, Saved by the Bell, the college years, and... Uh, oh, uh, getting in Dustin Diamond or whatever the name of his porno, <laughs> porno was. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, one of those stories that terrifies the fuck out of me, um, diagnosed three weeks ago with stage four malignant, I want to say prostate cancer. I think that was something like that. And died today. Yeah. So three weeks from like, Hey, you're, uh, I'm just looking, looking a little weird, feeling a little weird. What's up doc? Oh, uh, stage four cancer three weeks later, dead. So yeah. Uh, it reminds me of uh, a a guy who I had uh, in childhood who I called uncle, but who, like, not really a relation. But, yeah, like, my like a, a friend friends. of the family. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, like, uh, had, like, a little cough, the kind of cough that you avoid having these days because when somebody hears it, they're like, what's up? <laughs> but just, like, a little, like, <clears throat> yeah. No, I'm okay. Uh, noticed that uh, every morning for two weeks, he had, like, uh, an hour where he was like, <clears throat> ah, can't. Just can't seem to get rid- <clears throat> can't re- get, seem to get rid of that. Yeah, but the rest of the day is fine. And uh, two weeks later, he died. Went to the doctor. They were just like, uh, "Oh yeah, you have stage four lung cancer. It's already spread to your uh, liver and uh, to your intestines. So there's not a lot we can do for you." And he was like, "Oh, okay. Well, and also very Christian. My parents are very Christian. So it was like, I'm gonna leave it in God's hands. We're gonna go pray." And uh, then he died two weeks later. So yeah. it's. It's tragic for his family and for his loved ones. Uh, I think he had a fiance. I don't think she was his wife. I think it was a fiance or a girlfriend or something. And the to imagine going like two weeks ago, you think everything's fine. You go to the doctor and they're like, oh, by the way, death sentence. And three weeks, bam, dead. Yeah. I can't even can't even imagine. Well, um, I mean, you know, in these COVID ages that we live in, I feel like this is... <laughs> This is a, a real thing to think about because you never know when, when somebody will be taken from you. Uh, I personally didn't have a lot of... I wasn't a Saved by the Bell fan. Rob was more of the Saved by the Bell type, but... Uh, yeah, wait, wait. You know. What's the Saved by the Bell type? Huh? <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> the kids who watch Saved by the Bell. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I just wasn't... That wasn't my, my deal at mm, the time, mm, so... Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, best to him and his family, I guess. Yeah, and uh, I was going to say, uh, you mentioned uh, these times uh, also happening this week. Uh, four of the people I know personally from L.A. are traveling to four different major American cities um, because the pandemic's over. But we'll get to that in a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah. So off the top, uh, I think that we there a lot is happening uh, in the world. And I don't know about you, Corey. I assume that you, like me, are getting a lot of messages like, can you explain this thing yeah. uh, that's happening? And then... Um, I, you said earlier, and I'm going to steal the line you said, we're like, well, listen, I don't know a lot about it, but 
And then an hour later, you explained <laughs> as much about the stock market as you can actually explain. Hour and um, a half later, I wrap up. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> and it's like, and that is, that's, that's nothing. There is way more that you don't really understand about it. Uh, but I figure we'll give, give you a, a chance to give your little wrap up uh, that you've given people before about the stock market, because obviously uh, Robinhood, the app yeah. and GameStop along with BlackBerry and AMC and Nokia, some other yeah. Nokia stocks uh, have been in the news this week. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess the first thing to explain, because some people don't know this and I, I don't want to make anyone feel unincluded in what we're talking about here. So the stock market, generally speaking, is meant to be an investor's confidence in how a company is doing. Oh, you mean so, it's, a, it's like a casino. We place bets and then eventually they pay off. Think about it like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're really confident, you know, the Chiefs are a three and a half point favorite or something like that in the Super Bowl. If you're, if you're confident that the Chiefs are going to win by more than three and a half points, then you put the money on the, the Chiefs to win. Uh, if you think you, you might invest a lot of money into the Chiefs and then all of a sudden find out that Patrick Mahomes is out and then you're like, oh, God, I have this foolish bet that I'm never going to win. That's that can be a situation much like in, in trading stocks where you say to yourself, oh, uh, Disney's going to have a really good year this year. So I'm going to buy in on Disney now so that when it goes up later, I get more money from the stock purchase, but also from like dividends and things like that that might come along. And uh, um, sorry, just to interrupt a bit. Uh, if you work for Disney and you know that it's going to have a really good year, not allowed insider yeah, trading. Right. So you can't use information, you know, to make money in the stock market. Uh, but I mean, like any information that is available to people on the whole, like, you know, they announced uh, they're going to have a new Marvel show on Disney Plus. Yeah. So if I invested before they announced that, then I am just going speculatively off of what I think they're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And then once they announce this, the price goes up and then I make whatever. Well, if it goes from 100 to 115, just to make even numbers. Sure, yeah. If it goes from 100 to 115, I made $15 per share that I have. With that news, when I was if something say, bad happens and it goes way down, then I've lost, you know, it goes down to 75. I've lost 25 on a share. Probably a better example is uh, investing in Marvel Studios in 20, 2008. <laughs> and they're like, OK, so we're going to form this company. You can buy stock, stock in it. Uh, we're going to do an Iron Man movie. And everyone's like, those superhero I mean, movies have been hit or miss. It seems like a big bet. But if you invested, because you're like, I know Iron Man is the one. Yeah. It's Robert Downey Jr. Ooh, I don't know about that because he's, you know, had problems in the past. But you say, I got a feeling it's going to be a good one. And you buy a stock at five bucks. Yeah. And then, and then it then goes it up to yeah. 300. And then they get bought by Disney and it goes up to a one for one Disney exchange. Now you have Disney stock. At yeah. Uh, $158 or you could just buy out at the price that Disney buys <laughs> out the stock. So like, you know, if a company buys another company, there will be a lot of uh, purchasing the stock from the st shareholders. So, you know, if you're in a situation where you own something like Marvel and then they got bought by Disney, the price goes way up because the value <laughs> of the share is higher than whatever it is the day of trading. Because yeah, it's going to go up hypothetically. Um, and that allows you to basically get a better buyout of the share value because it's going to be gone. Like you're either going to get Disney stock or you're going to get money. Like yes. there's no, there's no other, like I'm gonna hold on to this Marvel in case they become a company again. Like mm -hmm. there, there's none of that. And uh, sometimes uh, like uh, for, for Facebook uh, people would a actually kept the stock or no sold the, or uh, took Facebook stock and then sold the Facebook stock they got 
And then later on that week when it crashed down and all the hubbub went down, they're yeah. like, oh, well, I have cash. Like there's a lot of different ways you can play with the market. But I think the, the recipe we're getting into now is when a company's on the downslope, the other side of this, well, I mean, the value drops. So specifically what's going on with GameStop is short selling. So uh, say you have a CD, uh, the Venga Boys. You were, you were humming the Venga Boys earlier, right? Uh, the value of that CD is $5, right? Uh, I say to you, I would like to have that Venga Boys CD. Uh, I'm going to short that, so I would like a share of it, but I'm not going to pay you for it right now. I'm going to pay, pay you for it whenever I officially take it on. Mm-hmm. So I go to the go to the record store. This is all very dated conversation we're having right now. Go to the record store. I say, "Hey, I'm gonna take the CD and I'm gonna just pay for it when I when I eventually keep it." And they mm-hmm. go, "Go ahead." Yeah. So at right now the value was five dollars. Then all of a sudden, a lot of other somebody from the Venga Boys dies, and the value goes through the roof. They're selling at fifteen, twenty, twenty-five bucks. And as the person who shorted it, you have to say to yourself. Am I, is this going to keep going up? Mm-hmm. Because the more it goes up, the more I'm fucked. Or is this going to crest and then come back down and then I'm not like... Because you obviously want to live in a world where you know nothing happens with the Venga Boys and yeah, this $5 CD only uh, becomes less valuable. And then when you eventually buy it from them, you buy it for 3 bucks and you've hypothetically made 2 bucks. Yeah. Because so, you, you've shorted it before it went down. I had an image up next to you here that kind of explains how shorts work. And Corey uh, has kind of explained what's happening right now in the market. Mm-hmm. The way that shorts are supposed to work, uh, the way that you gamble the market and make money is, I am going to take a stock and I'm going to tell this person, the, the market, I want one stock. I want one share of this company. Yeah. Right now it's valued at $5. And then I'm going to immediately turn and sell that. Yeah. Now I have $5. That person has the stock. And for a certain period of time, a window, I don't have to repay the loan. If I repay yeah. it right now, all $5 goes back to the person who gave me the stock. Yeah. But if I wait and the value drops, that person I-, I sold it to has something less valuable but when I pay for it, I pay the three dollars. Yeah, and now I and then keep you return the stock, and you have you keep the extra two. Well, you don't yeah. even have to return the stock. They they, they you're paying. I mean, for you the could stock that you could you short hypothetically forever. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like the the basic gist here is that uh, what has happened with GameStop and Reddit and the the retail investors who are out in the market right now is they've done something that hedge funds have done for a long time. How they make money. This is how they make money. They realize that there are hedge funds who are put into a financial disadvantage because of the positions that they put themselves in. And if you can do something to really make it hurt for them, then you benefit in the end. So (laughs) there were a lot of hedge funds that uh, were heavy into shorting GameStop. And something that's important to know about shorting is that there are more shares of shorted stock than there are actual shares in the Upside. company. Yes. So some people get stuck. Again, even number <laughs> even numbers sake, this is not what it's yes. what it is, but if there's a hundred and hundred shares of GameStop out there available for someone to purchase, mm-hmm. there is 110 available to short. Yes. So if you get to the point where no available stock is available because it's all either been shorted or purchased by somebody, then there's nowhere you can go except for buy from the people who have purchased it and driven the price right. up. So the, also you can resell shorted stock. So you may be the third handler of a shorted stock yeah. where 
I need to get that back. And you're telling a person that and the, you are the third one down the line saying like, oh, fuck, I really need to get that stock back. Yeah. And I there are no shares now. And I owe somebody who owes somebody. It's going to start being a real problem soon. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, you shouldn't be able to do. You shouldn't be able to resell the fictional thing that doesn't exist. But well, you can. <laughs> there's a lot of things about the stock market that are no longer about just <laughs> investing in the financial well-being of a company going forward. I mean, like, there have been a lot of stocks that have gone crazy in this past year. And, uh, you know, obviously commodities, too. Uh, Bitcoin is traded as a commodity. If you look, if you have Douche any, coin. if you have any Tesla stock, yeah. I'm sure you're very pleased with yourself with sure. how it's been going this past uh, year here. Um, it's the thing about this is that I like the fact that Reddit and these retail investors decided that they were going to pull a hedge fund move to fuck a bunch of hedge fund hedge funds. That part I like, and in the premise of let's fuck hedge funds. Um, and a lot of these places needed to take in like emergency cash to to get them <laughs> or through. They went and bankrupt. Then, yeah, or you know, like they they just made it, it tried to make it through however they could. But um, basically, where we're at right now is that uh, one of the large hedge funds who had a huge short position, yeah, three uh, had to had to give up uh, and pay for the stock at the price it is now. Mm. So that drove the stock up even higher. Yep. But we're at this point now where everyone is playing this hold game where it's like, let's not sell the stock. Everybody hold it like nobody move. But at some point, the stock is going to start precipitously falling. Yes. And somebody who is not uh, <laughs> part of the reason why I never liked the idea of the stock market is I feel like I could never leave the computer. Yes. Because you go to lunch, you think you're having a fun time, and then all of a sudden you found out your portfolio tanked while you were walking away from the desk. Which is why when you see somebody who's like really into day trading or in like or like foreign markets or anything like that, they're there. They have 15 computer screens. Yeah. They're they're constantly sitting there. They never walk away because something could start happening, and then all of a sudden you just see a colossal drop in something. And and for people who have you know hypothetical fortunes in GameStop right now because they bought when it was four dollars and now it's way the hell up or a buck 15 which is i think where it was at the beginning Uh, you know it's just a matter of like some some normal everyday americans are going to be the ones who end up getting fucked here because it's going to start dropping and they're not going to know what to do and they're not going to (laughs) gambling again going back to the gambling example you go to a slot machine right you put 10 bucks in who the the hell cares if i lose 10 bucks right but but you won yeah but you put it in you hit it and all of a sudden you won $500 and you're like, well, I'm 500 up. Yep. I mean, I should keep gambling. Of course. Because, you know, I, if I lose a little bit of this, I'm still up. And then you start ticking away. And then several hours later, you're only $20 up. And you're just like, I can get this back. I can get yeah. this back. And then you're zero. And then you put more money. Now more money's in. <laughs> to try and win the 500 that you had originally. You mm-hmm. should have just walked away. But the, the emotional addictive part of our brain says no 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 you can do better and if i put 490 dollars in this machine and i get back that 500 i'll still break even yeah so no matter how much i lose i'll still break even um so uh i, I had people ask me specifically too why why these stocks that you see in, yeah in i mean it's, image it's, it's already screen. started dropping significantly i mean like just looking at the the last five days here right so yeah. It goes up to nearly five hundred dollars. Four hundred fifty bucks mm-hmm. is the high end. It drops down below two hundred, 
and then spikes back up to about four. And now we're right in that 250 range about right so now. The, I think the prediction I saw is it's probably going to settle. At, it's going to settle at about one fifty. Uh, the big price jump was like Corey said. Some people reached the end of their short, and they had to buy the stock at whatever rate it would be sold at. Yeah, I mean that was the that was the two sixty five to four four sixty nine yes. raise that happened was people getting out of their short position, and then a bunch of people who are ideologically not with the group but just kind of took advantage of the price jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, sold out, which yeah. caused the precipitous drop. Right. And then there was another rise when people were like, oh, shit, we can get out of our short positions now. Let's do it. They jumped on it, and it caused the stock to come back up. Yeah. Uh, and eventually what's going to happen, uh, the best case scenario for you if you're an investor is that you, and also, by the way, we're not investors. This is not advice. This is just our opinion. Yeah. Um, but the best, the best chance for you was to get out when it was 469. Not it's necessarily. Never, it, it's not going to get higher than that. I can't. If, because like, there are some a bunch of people who still have billions in few, in uh, shorts. If you can find the day that their short is up and start a run on sell, then they will in turn start a run on buy to try and get these shorts out. And it'll cause a huge spike in the, in the price. And then you can sell and get a lot. But Here, it's going to settle at like 150. Here's the problem. And this is why I say regular everyday Americans are going to be the one who suffer here at the end. Because uh, you can be really smart and you can know what you're talking about in terms of the stock market and how things are going to move. But you are never going to have the resources that a hedge fund has. True. Uh, we've talked about it many times whenever we brought up stock market related things. Uh, the most expensive rent for any office in the country is in... Uh, is it Secaucus, New Jersey? It's right across the river. Right across the river, yeah. Piscataway, something like that. It's literally in Jersey, right across the river from the lower, uh, lower Manha- Manhattan. And they when you're have, at the World Trade Center, whatever you see directly across, right in Jersey, the, the water. Yeah, yeah. There's a very super expensive office building there that has direct fiber optic cable running from it to the stock market, mm-hmm. and you get to find out twenty seconds before anyone else in the country. What the value of the price is. Yep. And the value of that to the person who owns the or leases space in the office is the highest. Look at a Find the most expensive place, you know, in town, like the biggest mansion you can find. The rent on the, on the per square office foot. there yeah. is relatively similar. Yeah. It's absurd. You're paying mansion money for oh, a shitty office in Secaucus. It's not an office, really. Yeah. It's a space to put your computer. Because right. That's it's all a they server really space. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know... It, with high velocity trading and the kind of why stock why hedge funds were able to get away with this before like all along the this whole time and retail investors haven't been able to is because you have so much equity as a hedge fund you have you know all of rob's money you have all of my money you have you know the Akron city district uh, 401k. Three billion. Like, I mean, $12 billion overall for the one that went bankrupt. $12 right. billion in assets. Who can put together $12 billion? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I could buy, you know, think about it realistically. If you could buy a million shares of a million dollars worth of Disney stock or Tesla yep. stock or whatever, and it goes up by 10 bucks, you've made millions of dollars. Yep. So it's one of those, <laughs> it's one of those, like, you can't, uh, the value of being able to trade high and our uh, buy buy low and trade Same. high is yep. uh is is huge for these companies that work on every single margin they possibly can to get it. Now, the GameStop part of this whole thing it, it sounds 
utterly preposterous that there was value in this company, which is, you know, basically dead. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I found what I found really interesting is what really got this thing going on Reddit was a conversation that was being had with a lot of investors where they were saying to themselves, GameStop has had a very predictable uh, wave every single time a new console has come out. Every single time a new console drops, GameStop revenue goes through the roof, and then after a while, it drops. Um, And even though we're in a world now where a lot of people are buying games online as opposed to going to GameStop to get them, Mm -hmm. uh, the new CEO of GameStop is from Airbnb or something like that, somewhere in the the digital Mm -hmm. space. And there's been a lot of confidence that even though he might not be able to write GameStop, if you will, he's going to be able to set them up to compete in the future. So it's not like a dead brand. It's not it's not like Blockbuster who's just waiting for the stores to fall out. They're making a transition into a digital ecosystem and that is what got a lot of investors saying, "We should buy at this stock right now because it's going to go up." You know, that the 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 logic was not it was going to go up $450. <laughs> it's like it was going to go up 20 bucks or something like that because everyone's looking at GameStop like it's a dead commodity but it's still very much alive and it's going to have a very nice couple months here so yes and no uh why did people in reddit buy in exactly what you're saying i mean all i was saying is that's the first part of the the argument that became this boulder rolling down the mountain yes uh (laughs) but the problem or the situation started because the CEO, who is from the digital space, yeah, uh, at their uh, quarterly or yearly uh, meeting of stockholders, uh, and again, uh, uh, pointing out these are the three companies that are, are in the, the mix here. GameStop, yeah. BlackBerry, and AMC. What do these three, three things have in common? Well, the digital, formerly digital, now CEO, uh, or he's on the board. I don't think he's actually the CEO. He's a major shareholder who is the yeah. Ear he he of bought the, CEO. the most stock, and yeah. then he sort of became. He's a de facto CEO. Yeah. But there's a guy in the job. <laughs> exactly. Um. So what he said was uh, at the shareholder meeting was that we are shifting into the digital space, in so much as selling games online and maybe even renting them, and he mentioned specifically they were going to compete with Amazon. Um, now Amazon is in this field in two ways. One, you can buy products and have them brought to your house Two, you can stream products, but also the uh, number one, let me ask you, the number one game streaming service in the country. Can you name it? We used to see commercials about it all the time for CDs, not for streaming. Oh, uh, no. What is Gamefly? Oh, really? You remember Gamefly? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are the, one of the number one streaming companies in the, uh, for games in the country. You know who hmm. owns Gamefly? GameStop? Amazon. Oh. Uh, And the other, the actual probably number one uh, game streaming company in the country, or in the world, really. Stream. You know who owns that? Steam, you mean? Steam. Sorry, Steam. Yes. You know who owns that? Is that Amazon? Nope. Microsoft. So essentially what this young buck guy from the digital space said is, we're going to take on Amazon and Microsoft at the same time with a company that's very near bankruptcy. So all of the guys who are hedge fund owners were like, we're going to short the fuck out of this. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy's going to drive it into the ground. And a bunch of people said, this is something from my child. A bunch of people like us who are in their 30s and 40s said, first of all, this, fuck them. This guy's got a good idea and he wants to do something with it. And they make the argument that Corey just made to you, which is like, listen, they've had steady growth. They have a young guy who's going to be, 
you know, be able to take the company in the future, we should invest in them. Yeah. The secret plan is we are about to fuck over a bunch of hedge fund owners. Well, the, the, the fucking over the hedge fund owners came a little bit later. And then, the, then the, it became part of the actual story. Then it was like, you know what? Uh, I think we can get more support if we just tell people we're fucking over a bunch of rich people. And they did. And they got Reddit involved. And then it rolled downhill. And the reason I say... like, So think about it like this, right? Uh, June of last year, mm-hmm. GameStop was at $4.13 a share, yes. right? Uh, around October, when uh, this plan first started coming into to action, uh, they moved up to about $10 a share mm-hmm. with this sort of retail investment of like, or this r- retail uh, shareholder kind of idea of uh, they're going to do well for the short term, so let's get some money while we can. Yeah. Um, then, as people started realizing that there was a lot of- A uh, huge short position. A, hor- a huge yeah. short position- that could really fuck some some people. That's when this thing just went, you know, through the moon. Mm-hmm. So you know, we were at twenty bucks uh, right at the beginning of the year, uh, December thirty first specifically, eighteen eighty four, and then mid January the nineteenth, it shot up to thirty nine thirty six, and then you know three forty seven two days later. Yeah. So I mean, like, you know, it it's not it's not realistic to think that a that you know, 225, which is the current stock value, is relative for the value of GameStop in our economy. No. Uh, but it was more of a precision move. And, you know, if we were watching Billions and Axe was saying, uh, I found out that a rival hedge fund has a huge short, short position, position. We're gonna and buy I got money it. and I'm going to yeah. buy a bunch of this stock, then yeah. people would be watching that show at home going like, yeah, Axe, fuck them. Like... Yes. But now it's the because it was retail investors and going up against the hedge funds, there was a lot less of that fuck em attitude that was going on when they were playing the same game that the hedge funds play themselves. Well, for average Americans, for people like me, we were like, yes, fuck the hedge funds. Oh, no, I yeah. mean, it, from the corporate side of oh, the yes, whole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, because I mean, like the other part of this, too, is Robin Hood. Uh, well, wait, before you go to that, because yeah. I just want to mention offhand, the reason that these other companies are in the mix is very similar. BlackBerry announced uh, that they were going to go back to keypads and away from screens. They were going to go to actual keyboards yeah. like the old BlackBerry. And apparently that was the news that incurred a huge short position against them because people are like, really dumb idea. Yeah. They're going to get fucked. Here we go. Uh, AMC is taking on the major studios who are now releasing on streaming mm-hmm. and basically said, no, no, this will not fly in a time when no one can go to movie theaters and their profits are lower than they've ever been. So also the hedge funds say, uh, short it, we're going to short the fuck out of this because it's going to go down. Um, and so this is the dark part of our economy. And that's really what I I just wanted to to touch on is this is the dark part of our economy is that by the way, uh, a hero of the, the left for the right, um, the, uh, Senator from, uh, Utah, whose name is escaping me right now. Former vice, our former presidential candidate, Mitt uh, Romney. Mitt Romney. Yeah, uh, is the CEO of Bain Capital. Yeah, and this is what they do: they look for companies that are in distress and then come in and bail them out, and then cut them into pieces and sell off the pieces because the pieces are more valuable than the thing as a whole. Yeah, uh, capitalism is built on finding someone at their most vulnerable and taking advantage of them. Um, we talked a lot about Martin Scarelli marking up uh, diabetes medicine mm-hmm. when he took over the company. Now, 
He it was like insulin, wasn't it? Insulin. Yeah. yeah, it was a type of insulin that a lot of people used. It went from $20 a dose to $900 a dose. And everyone screamed and cried about it, not realizing that the insurance company were who was going to bear the brunt of that. And your the stuff you were hearing about it was insurance companies saying, we need to get some media on this yeah. or else we're going to be out on our asses on this insulin stuff because they cannot deny life-saving or life-maintaining medicine. Yeah. They have to give it to you. And now everyone got up in arms. And now he's the bad guy, but he's been doing what people have been doing. He got the caught. Entire time. That's he the, got caught doing yeah. it. And you know what? Uh, Robin Hood got caught. Uh, go ahead. So, so we, the bigger part of this I is mean, the story of Robin Hood. I think. So. I think. I think. It, to me, it's not so much that Robin Hood got caught. It's that Robin Hood did the one thing that they couldn't do if they wanted to keep a happy and passionate uh, mm-hmm. user base, because they fucked them at the excuse of. Wall Street interest. And that's really kind of the story here because I'm sure they're going to come up with some sort of reason why they couldn't honor trades that were coming in at that point, maybe because of liquidity or something like that, that the firm has, or the amount of mm-hmm. uh, the amount that you have to invest personally to be able to hold the stocks as a, as a uh, trader. Basically there's a lot of things that they're, I'm sure they're going to peddle as the reason why this didn't happen. But at the end of the day, they're owned by a hedge fund. The, yes. the 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 large amount of the money invested in Robinhood is through other hedge funds. Yep. So when your boss calls up and says, "Hey, what the fuck are all you people doing?" <laughs> it's really hard not to say, "Oh God, like fuck you, Dad." <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, so. It's even worse than that. The yeah. hedge fund that controls Robinhood picked up all the shorts yeah. from bankrupt companies for cents on the dollar. And realize that at the same time, they held shorts and the stocks that the shorts were held against. Yeah. And let me tell you, that is a very advantageous position to be in when you control essentially the price of the stock. Because you can sell, uh, straw man sell yourself to get these shorts off your books. I mean, really what the problem here is, if you, there have been reasons that trading has been suspended in in total or specifically mm-hmm. before uh nine twelve yeah there was no trading yeah uh you know a, a fed chair dies might be a reason that they suspend trading yes uh in honor of him of course not because that would have right. a huge and unbelievable effect <laughs> on the market not because you immediately <laughs> need to have a name so people don't fucking panic yes yeah. <laughs> uh, um the what we ended up having here was not stock not being able to be traded because of any particular reason like yeah, the, there was the market fraud was in the company yep. or anything like that or it wasn't because of some sort of national emergency which closed the market it was a seemingly unilateral decision by robin hood to not just uh just to restrict the buying of gamestop stock yeah um and the ability to uh sell out your position which would have only helped the Wall Street banks and the hedge funds. Yes. Or sit on it, which could have meant that, you know, you start going in that death spiral. Yes. And you have to sit around waiting for the exact moment when you're going to sell out. But again, Um, uh, funny thing. Uh, If you control the stock or the access to, I mean, listen, Robin Hood is you're buying fraction of stock. You. uh, Well, no, that's another one. So Robin Hood is like a, a, a trading service that you would use. Like if you had an account with Merrill Lynch or, Charles Schwab or something like that, like where you buy individual stocks. Like there's other ones that do like the 
we'll give you one tenth of a share of Disney because yeah, I think, you can't, I think Robin Hood also you can't afford a whole share of Disney stock yeah. and one share of Disney stock doesn't really do you any so good. So you but and you 10 can, people get together yeah. and you buy a stock. I, I'm pretty sure Robin Hood does that. They might have something like that available to them, but uh, yeah. the idea was that they were going to be a zero fee trading site okay. where you could like the, the it, it, it's supposed to be like a investor's first market kind of thing. Like yeah. this is, Getting the appification of the stock market, like getting people who've never done it before into it um, by, the by way, uh, giving them a free platform in which to use. What is the rule with anything that's free? <laughs> you are the product. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we were teaching the market how average Americans deal with stock, and they did not like the lesson that they learned <laughs> from that <laughs> at all. I, I, I will tell you this. If, if, uh, if anyone listening to the sound of my voice is using Robinhood as their, as their trading uh, service right now, mm-hmm. I would A... Get out. Yep. And B, whether or not you had GameStop or AMC or any of these uh, services that are at the center of this whole thing right now, I would still uh, strongly consider joining in on the class action lawsuit against them. Yeah. Because any restriction of your ability to freely buy and trade stock is that happens to literally everyone on the surface that you might not buy GameStop, but the fact that you can't let me buy it is a problem. Cause next so, time it'll be the thing you want to buy. Yeah. Who's telling me what I can and cannot buy at any certain point in time. Now I, again, I understand the very unusual nature of this whole thing, but you can't get into a place where you are a zero fee trading company and then not prepare for, something really weird to happen because yeah. a lot of people get involved in your service and you, you can't handle it. And listen, uh, Merrill Lynch offers 99 cent trades. Yeah. You have to open an account with them because again, something cheap means you are the product and you're agreeing that your data is going to be shared with Merrill Lynch. Uh, and if the 99 cent trade fee is enough for you to not make a trade, you're trading in too small a numbers and you need to find the app that like lets you join in with other people. But if I'm going to buy one stock at Disney at like 158 saying 159 with the dollar fee. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, or well, if I'm going to buy a thousand. And I mean like uh, realistically there there's a different, uh, there's a couple different types of people in the market. There's the ones who buy things and then hold on to them. Yeah. Uh, either this is going to get better over time or this is a good stock regardless of what time it is. Johnson and Johnson is a uh, historically great stock to own because we'll see if it continues. Well, I'm just saying historically has been yeah. a great stock to own. Their vaccine uh, Coke looking like a little looking like a little bit of lawsuits, <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Coke is another one that like you know it never really it goes through the roof, but it never drops either. It's just no. a very consistent. You know, it goes up and down a little bit, but it's not. You're never going to wake up in the morning and Coke's at zero. Like if you see that the secret formula got leaked. Sell because it's gonna be get a out. If Corey can get a ninety-nine cent two liter of Coke, <laughs> forget about it. It's done. No, but I mean, like at the, uh, uh, I would say that uh, what this illuminated to a lot of people is that the people who work on Wall Street aren't that much smarter than the rest of us. Uh, the people who have access to information can be anywhere. The difference is that. Up until this moment, the American people, the retail investors, haven't had the opportunity to compete with Wall Street because they never had the same kind of financial latitude yeah. in which to do it. I could say until my, you know, till my face is blue, you know, like, oh, you got to buy whatever GMC, like <laughs> you got to buy whatever company is is doing really well, and then, uh, you know, I could 
maybe get a lot of people to hear that advice and then do it. Like, you know, I'm sure whenever Jim Cramer says something, the value of whatever he talks about goes up slightly just mm-hmm. because he mentioned it. And mm-hmm. people are going to go like, oh, I got to buy that thing he just said. You know, it goes up a little bit, but it, it, it never goes to, you know, $450 a share because he said it. Not a stock that was at four at one yes. point, you know? Uh, also, Jim Cramer uh, has said, I, I no way of independently verifying this, that he will never own a stock that he recommends because he recognizes that him recommending it causes the value to go up. And yeah. therefore, there is, it's the uh, Jimmy Carter peanut farmer problem where it's right. like to be above reproach. I will not own a stock I recommend. I recommend because I don't want to be like, well, you know, this one I could really use a little boost. So if I just mention it and it boosts a bit, and then I sell. But I mean, like you're either you're either a shareholder who buys stock and holds it, or you're somebody who's constantly trading. Yeah. Uh, and you know, obviously, a little column A, a little column B is good for any investment portfolio. Like you want to have your safe stocks there. But there's a lot of people who just buy stocks and then get dividends and don't worry about it and yep. don't trade them. And, you know, maybe if you make a little money off something, like you get a good a good quarter from somebody, like you take a little bit of your Apple dividend and you put it into so like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. Tesla is going to blow up. And, you know, like you, you make these speculative buys. But it, it, the game, the game is, has not, not been fair for a long time. Uh, it has gotten... Way worse in the last uh, people. I, I think people thought when uh, the uh, when the housing crisis happened, yeah, that well, clearly everything has been fixed at Wall Street because now we're on the other side of it. When yeah. in fact nothing got fixed, yes. it only got worse. The high velocity trading is a real problem. Yeah, and like market market size swings because it's millions and millions. The of fact trips. that we have more potential money in AI based trading yep. than we do in all the other retail investors in the world combined is a real mm-hmm. real bad sign because if the computer just decides to go crazy on something and there's not a human being that somewhere along the line then then a, a, a huge amount of market capital could be invested in something that wasn't supposed to happen <laughs> and that well, could and be we could have a GameStop situation just because a computer went crazy you know like so uh, there is a uh I've read a story about the the way that the AI works, and there's a possibility that in in a few years at least, this AI, and again, it's not like a robot walking around. It's just yeah. a computer program that is doing way more calculations per second than a human brain can do, and it does something along the lines of, oh, so the fourth quarter uh, weather prediction has now come out for Southeast Asia, and what we see is that the rice mo- uh, there's going to be a heavy monsoon which means that the rice market is going to plummet because it's going to ruin the rice crop. And 15 steps away from that is something. Yeah. Butterfly effect means this will change. Sell 1 billion shares across 15 different companies because of something that may or may not happen because it's making a prediction something very far in well, the future. The, the other thing you got to keep in mind as well is that there's people who are there are programs that are being run that run in shadow, not actually connected to a stock yes, market. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. before a product launches, you have to test it extensively. Yes. So right now, somewhere in a hedge fund, they're developing the next version of the AI, which will take over from the this one, one when, yeah. when it's completed. 
but it's just basically like shadow trading on the market. Mm -hmm. Like it's not actually buying or selling stock, but it's basically acting like it's doing it so that it can learn all the... How did I do? Okay. Yeah. How can How I do I improve? Better? How do and I... And let me look back. What should I have done? Okay. Now, What does where one thing equal 15 yeah. different other places? You know, it, it's... <laughs> generally speaking, look at, look at the stock market over the last... Uh, your lifetime. Yeah. In five-year increments. Uh, we never thought we'd get to $30,000, and we blew past that, and we're up in the... Uh, we got up into the 35s. What? 30,000 shares. No, I'm just saying overall stock, like Dow Jones overall, like 30. Yeah. Like 25 was an unbelievable... Like Obama hit 25. Unprecedented. Unpre Huge. It's never been like this. And then in Trump, it hit 30. I think it got up to 35-ish. Yeah. Uh, and then COVID. It, you know, and these, these numbers are just like... you've. No, it was like 12 when you were, yeah. <laughs> when you were born, like, you know, and it was 12, 20, something, you know, somewhere in that general vicinity for most of your life. And then all of a sudden things just start going up and up and up. And the uh, infiltration of AI models and things like that have made a dramatic impact on the stock market so much to an extent that you don't really, you can't ask uh, at, uh, the CEO at Google how the algorithm works because they would never be able to tell you. No. There's so many different things that are involved in how it picks out what I, different things it's going to put there. I know that, if you put this in, this comes out. Yeah. That's what we know. Right. Like, but you know, the, if the algorithm is, you know, fucking war and peace 37 times yeah. in code. So, well, and the, the worrisome thing is there is someone developing a new AI and the point at rollout won't be 100%. This works great. It'll be, 97% of the time it works really well. One, 3% of the time or 2% of the time it's okay. And 1% of the time it's catastrophic. And someone will say, what's the difference between catastrophic and hundred and best working additions? $50 billion a year. Roll that sucker out <laughs> because in the end for them, 2012, 2008, 2005, 2002, all showed them you make big bets and you lose and the government bills you out. Yeah. So what's it to us if right. we lose a fuck a ton of money over something that we shouldn't have done? And I mean, like the people who are, you know, the other than the the one that's bankrupt, yeah. uh, you know, the the other the other hedge funds will survive and they'll get on the other side of this and, you know, they'll make money. That's what they do. Uh, it, it's just a, a matter of like <laughs> there needs to there needs to be a real serious look at how wall street works and yeah. how trading works and how you know retail traders can work with hedge fund traders to be on an even level even if the you know like a retail trader can't hire you know quantitatives to mm -hmm. run numbers all day uh that's an advantage that charles schwab has that you know chuck schwab the retail trader doesn't have you know like yeah um i was uh <laughs> chuck schwab uh <laughs> Cause it isn't the commercials about Chuck. They're like, Hey, uh, leave it to Chuck. Chuck or something. Chuck. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, but in the end, uh, the questions that should be asked are going to be difficult ones. Uh, I was going to say that the mistake, you know what the mistake, the one who went bankrupt, what they made, what they wouldn't take public funds. Mm. So the city of Akron teachers union, they yeah. wouldn't take their money uh, because they were making gregarious changes. Maybe it's not that they wouldn't take their money. They weren't offered the money because they're They had a high return, but that meant high risk. Yeah. If they had teachers unions, nurses unions guaranteed, they wouldn't be bankrupt because yeah. somebody, Ohio, New York, California would be like, 
we can't let them go bankrupt. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to give you our teachers union money. You better bring that back. The fact that the fact that nobody goes to jail for financial crime should be your clue to everything. Yeah. Like whatever happened to Wells Fargo? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> weird. Well, Strange. they paid three billion in penalties, Corey. Yeah, but they also made like nine billion in profits. So it doesn't wow. really. No, they made twenty nine billion in yeah. profits. They paid the the three billion to ten billion in fees. Yeah, they paid their, they paid their tip. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that is exactly what it turns into. Uh, and you know what? If the CEO of Wells Fargo and the top leaders spent a little time in even even Club Fed, just yeah. a little time in jail. It would make me, if I was one of those bankers, be like, it's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, We can make a little bit more money. I could go to jail. Or I could just retire, take my golden parachute, and leave this decision to the next guy. So I'm going to do that. Uh, Bye. Uh, But speaking of doing a little time in jail, of course, in the next two weeks... uh, Well, there is no time in jail for him. But in the next two weeks, there will be a trial in the Senate. (laughs) One week. One week. Well, one week. February eighth. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there will be a trial and good news, bad news situation for the American people and the former president. Which uh, every news outlet I listen to continues to refer to him as former President Trump. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, it's it's weird. I, I don't know if you've seen this as well, but it'll be like in the same breath, President Obama, da, 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 former President Trump, and President Biden. And I'm like, why is he the only one that gets the former thrown <laughs> in there? But to be fair, uh, Obama doesn't still think or claim that he is the president. So I was always like the I, I never really said like President Trump on this podcast, mostly because I felt like I didn't need to. Yeah, I think we all knew that. Yeah. <laughs> what we were living through. Yeah. And I don't I don't feel like I'm going to be start doing it now. You know, I'm just going to continue saying Trump Trump because I don't I don't really give a fuck about it. Uh, which also I really hate because that almost makes his brand stronger. Yeah, um, I know. I've thought about that, too. But uh, how about this? So J- Donald J is going on uh, trial in the next eight days. Donnie um, boy. You know which Donald we're talking about. And a uh, bit of a problem. Uh, all his lawyers quit. Yeah. Uh, be apparently, according to the news I mean, stories, some of them had mutual partings of ways and some of them had uh uh, differences in how we Listen, planned on going forward with our trial strategy. Every relationship <laughs> I've ever been in has been a mutual decision by both parties to walk away from it. Occasionally, it has, you know, been maybe a little leaning one way or the other, and I sat in a shower crying with maybe, my clothes on. Maybe you know? a third party got involved. Maybe there was a third party involved at some point. But uh, nonetheless, there was a parting of ways between Trump and his attorneys, and the uh, news that is breaking is just generally that Trump is going to continue or wants to continue the argument that the election was stolen and therefore his actions on the 6th were not illegal. While all of his trial counsel were saying, we are going to win on the this is unconstitutional. Yeah. Let's just keep going that way. Oh, and and he was Rep- like, no, no, fuck it. I, say the trial's fine and I deserve to win. The Republicans gave him the out. Yes. Like, yeah, the, there was already a vote. 45 Republicans said that the trial going forward is unconstitutional because Trump's no longer in office. So ball game, right? No, because Trump is deciding to make this as difficult as humanly possible for those 45 people. Yeah. You know, do you get another seven of them, eight of them, eight? Yeah. Eight of those people to break off and convict. Probably not. Well, um, wait, wait, because only five came over, right? You yeah. Need 12 more because you need 17. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But Uh, do you get 12? 
Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's one in four of the people who, who remain, basically. Uh, but uh, one in three of them have an election coming up in two years. I Again, I'll come back to this point. I don't understand why, if you were a Republican who is thinking about maybe running for president in 2024 or running for president at any time in the, the future or running for any office associated with a, a federal government of the some kind. The one you currently have. When why would you want again? Trump in the one? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this, this fucking bear was a really bad babysitter, but I think we should keep him around in case we want him to babysit again. Don't let him go too far because yeah. he is a babysitter. Listen, <laughs> he was terrible. But the kids loved him. So what we need to do is... The kids that survived loved him. We need to keep him around so they think maybe he'll be the babysitter again. And then they'll be okay with us being the parents until then. Right. And, you know, we have to keep people like Marjorie Taylor Greene happy. Because otherwise, (laughs) yeah, there's up in the whole problem. Otherwise, she's going to say something really fucking crazy. (laughs) Well, well, I want to talk about her in a second. But in the end, what we're doing is we're coming up on uh, a trial where... He is now, and of course, he was without lawyers for you know two days, and then he hired a bunch of new lawyers who are not like his old lawyers, but they're like his old old lawyers, which is to say, they're all pushing Being conspiracies. Sued by Dominion, yeah, they're they're pushing <laughs> conspiracies of their own. They're now putting themselves in position to be sued by Dominion because I'm guaranteeing you that the voting machine fraud was going to come up in the trial, yeah. and um, he's putting himself in the position to be impeached, and it almost makes me think, did somebody be tell him? You know, no president's been impeached twice. If you really want to be in the history books, <laughs> this is the way to... Yeah. Your wall didn't get built. You didn't drain the swamp. Nothing you promised came through. Listen. But... Listen. If you if you get convicted in the Senate, you know how much money that's going to save you on having to build a presidential library? <laughs> I, I mean, you, you wouldn't be able to fuck the contractors because people are looking. There's nothing... You know, you, you, you would be... It's got to be on the up and up, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, and that that's just going to cost a ton of money. Yeah. You, oh, also. Uh, have you seen what land looks like? <laughs> this? Americans are super dumb. And if you say you might run for president again, they'll probably still give you money. We'll put it in the pack. We'll pay you for the next 30 years to just give speeches. It'll be great. I, I just can't. If I'm Marco Rubio. Yeah. If I'm Ted Cruz. I'm Josh Hawley. I'm... You know, Lindsey Graham. These are people who have or will run for president again. Mm-hmm. I can't say to myself, you know, I'm Marco Rubio. I can't go to sleep at night saying, oh, well, in 2024, people are really going to be finding the cool and docile tones of a Marco Rubio really <laughs> exciting. And they're going to vote for that like crazy. And they're going to say, forget this Trump guy. I mean, we, you know, he was president three years ago. Whatever. No, yeah. I'm not going to vote for him again. Uh, and you're making a mistake because the Republican Party right now, unless they do something to exercise themselves of the demon that is Trump, are going to find themselves in a position that anyone who is not Trump does not get votes. Yes. And the people who are like Trump right now are, God, I hate to say this because uh, there's only one Trump. There's only one person like that. There's only one well, well, there's well, only wait. one person with the with that alchemy that wait. that makes him so Teflon and so like n- nobody else can can escape the escape the horde better than Trump can. There is for one whatever person, reason. If if I was a betting man and I said there's one person who benefits from let's keep this going as crazy as possible. There is one person. Marjorie Taylor Greene? Well, no, no. 
Ted Cruz, <laughs> but only his character on My Cartoon President, well, not yeah, the actual right. guy. Yeah, um, and I do want to talk about Margaret Taylor Green. Uh, one thing first, uh, I, the funniest story of the week, also the one that is just so American it hurts. Uh, the Insurrectionist, which you see pictured here. Um, so uh, about wait a minute, what happened? About seventy. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. There was an insurrection at the Capitol. They took it over, and they're all... Uh, uh, the number one rule, Corey, I don't know if you've heard this anywhere, is uh, if you're going to have an insurrection, you have to win, because otherwise, <laughs> it's against the law. Yeah. They're going to put you in jail. It's only and constitutionally now, protected if you win. And now, about 80 of them have been arrested. Yeah. And upon some research, it turns out 10% of them, a little over that, because it's about 10 of the 80, um, didn't vote. And some of them weren't even registered to vote. Yeah. So their battle cry was stop the steal. But there's a good chance that a vast majority of those people um, were not actually involved in the election whatsoever. I'll do you one. I'll do you one better because uh, I, you know, where do all these people come from? Do any of these singular vo- do any of these 80 votes really mean anything in the grand scheme of things? There were a lot of people who didn't go to the Capitol. And mm-hmm. feel the same way and would be putting stop the steal on their Facebook page. And I bet you if we if we expand the universe to include those people as well, we will find that a good uh, probably like uh, 50, 60 percent of them, I would imagine, didn't vote. Yeah. Uh, I, I or feel they didn't like vote because you know what? Trump's got this wrapped up. I don't even want to get involved. Uh, or, or I vote in a state that doesn't matter. You know, I I'm a California Republican. There is no chance that my vote matters. S- some people have valid reasons for not wanting to sure. go through the process. I understand. I, I would always say if you're a smart person, you should vote. If you're a dumb person, stay home. But oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I can't I cannot stress that enough just for everyone out there. If you are listening to the sound of my voice and you agree with me, you should vote every single election. <laughs> if um, you don't agree with me, and I would say and or, but I'm just going to say and you're dumb um, <laughs> because I think those things are not, they're not mutually exclusive. You have to be both. You don't listen and you're dumb. If Marjorie Taylor Greene speaks to you not only as a politician but a sex symbol, then perhaps you shouldn't vote. Okay, wait, let's not go that far. <laughs> We've already discussed. I have some Short issues. blonde. I got Short issues. blonde. Crazy. Yes. Yeah. I won't go that far. But uh, if you are dumb um, and un- unpolitically uh, sophisticated or unwilling to educate yourself, don't vote. Yeah. And I told someone that this week uh, directly. Uh, I also, by the way, when I was thinking about it in between me telling you that, I also said, I want to do a case study on you because you're the reason that I should get 100 votes for every one average person. And or it should be proportional due to taking a test, i.e. let's take a thousand question test. If I get a thousand and you get one, Mm. then I should get a thousand more votes than you. And also that there should be negative points on this test. And if you answer so incorrectly that it's the teacher at the end of Billy Madison. (laughs) When when was America founded? Last Tuesday. Now (laughs) you're done. Not only do you not get to vote, but then everyone who whose curve you have broken with your dumb yeah. responses should get bonus votes on top of that. And what I'm really planning on is at Why some we- point that you and I basically control all the 54 votes. electoral <laughs> votes <laughs> and everyone between the Mississippi and the Atlantic South of the Mason Dixon just doesn't vote. I would love nothing more than uh, much like, uh, you know, in Monopoly, you buy a property and then you buy houses and then you get mm-hmm. the hotel. Mm-hmm. I would like, uh, I would like that if you, if you score really well on the test, 
rather than getting a thousand votes, you just get one electoral vote. Like, I, I can't complain with that so at like, all. 40, 40 of California's electoral votes are up in the air based off of the results of the election. And then obviously one is held by Corey, one is held by. <laughs> um, to be fair, though, uh, one is held by Jim Stevens, who lives in Pacoima. I will just tell you, uh, the hotel is a sucker's bet. Uh, here's my secret piece of monopoly for you. Uh, four, four houses always is better than one hotel, no matter what the property is, except for the first two properties on the board. Didn't know that, did you? Yeah. Now, I've watched three Monopoly documentaries, and what I took from it is no professional Monopoly player ever uses hotels. It's always houses. Always houses. Because they pay better. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, and speaking of other things that don't matter, Marjorie Taylor Greene is fucking bonkers. Uh, and we mentioned her earlier. I guess she does matter only in so much as she may get censured. Uh, she is one of 438 members of Congress. She's one of the important people, I suppose. Yes. Um, McCarthy is using her to spite Nancy Pelosi, and it may end up costing him very greatly. Um, also, he's playing this game of like, I want to keep her around, but I also want to keep her at arm's length. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, much like I would do if I was dating her. Like, I want her around. I just don't want my friends to know that I'm dating her because, yeah. like, things are amazing when we're by ourselves. But then if I have to, like, everything she says, I have to look at people and just be like, you know, she not, she didn't actually think that. <laughs> find, your, find yourself saying to her at the end of the night, it's just like, no, 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 no. I want to go out to dinner with you. But I find that the Chinese places that nobody goes to are the best ones. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's no reason I want to drive four hours to go to dinner. And then uh, she says something racist there. about Chinese people and you're just like, mm. Hey. <laughs> yeah, um, but the sex is amazing. Uh, I gotta go, crazy. Lemon. She's trained my radiator right now. <laughs> yes, that is it. Uh, but so she. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of, uh, man, um, she's fucking bonkers. And uh, so I saw an interview with a woman she spoke to. It was a mother of a Sandy Hook victim. Yeah, and. Basically, they agreed to keep it confidential, but then Marjorie Taylor Greene told her, like, well, you can tell people we talked and your feelings coming out of the talk. I don't mind that. And the mother said, I'm not going to say anything about what we said, but here's what I'm going to do. And she, like, turns to the camera and is like, I would just wish that uh, Representative Taylor Greene would tell the American people what she told me, which tells me she does not believe any of this shit that she's spouting. No. Just... She realized early on she had some ambition. She realized that would get her elected. She probably had a group of like 30 or 40 friends and realized when I say this shit, they cheer. If I can do that for 10,000 people, I can win an election. And it worked. And she got in. <laughs> and now she's in that, oh shit. Um, so it might get me censured and kicked out of Congress. But if I stop saying it or I apologize for saying it, I won't get reelected. So what do you do? What do you do? I, I think that a lot of these people who get elected to Congress find themselves in more of what does my caucus think than what do I think? Because I feel like if you went up to members of Congress, like if you knew them, like yes. yeah. <laughs> calling up my buddy, the member of Congress. Yeah. And you hit them with the hypothetical of like, do you think that we should separate children from their parents and put them in cages and not feed them properly and keep them out of sunlight and mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff? Like, reasonable people would say no of course not uh yeah. that sounds horrible that sounds like the worst thing that we could possibly do they would say and then, and listen, then when I would it comes never to, that to the republican to party wants this it's just like yeah well they should be they shouldn't even get blankets <laughs> yeah like, uh they would uh those members of congress would say i would hate if that happened to um a uh, little um 
what's what, my what's, what's my kid's what's name? What's his name? <laughs> uh Oh, Billy Jr. Yeah, I need that happen to Billy Jr. His name—he's a junior. You know, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, they don't raise their own kids, so. Um, What's my kid's name? Ted Cruz Jr. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Poor fucking kid. Can you imagine? <laughs> Not only all the disadvantages in the world. Those genes, that father, and the name. Oh my god. Ah, oh, poor kid. Uh, anyway, uh, probably so, don't even have that special something something that Ted Cruz has. Great. <laughs> that uh, that exquisite mix of being not from the United States, also not from Cuba, and not from Canada. Really, yeah. a man from nowhere. And who not can from also Texas. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got cowboy boots, though. <laughs> um, so I don't want to talk really anymore about her. Uh, we're going to talk about her a lot. Uh, what I really want to talk about is... Uh, <laughs> I, I would just like to... Go ahead. Sorry, make yeah. one point real quick on Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, to everyone who is now just discovering that she has said crazy shit on the internet before... Welcome. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, I'm sure one day we're going to become, if we became super famous and well-known, then there's going to be a lot of people who come back on old episodes of the podcast and be like, look at this crazy shit that Corey said. Uh, and really? A, Th- that Corey said? Well, that's going to be the discussion? Saying, well, I was picking the two of us, one of the two of us that was going to be famous. So, like, you know. Nobody oh, well, no, I, I think <laughs> your issue is going to be like, you still hang out with this guy? The one guillotines on the Capitol? That guy? Like... <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we we can agree to disagree. <laughs> he gave he he put it he put a little justification. It said not my thoughts. He yeah. even said it. It's yeah. he said thoughts of not of Corey. <laughs> yeah, you know it's good enough for me. What else does he need to say? Not it in the first place. No, thank you. No, but I mean, like you know, anybody who is watching the campaign as it was going along would see. A Marjorie Taylor Greene story about something she said like or something us. that she did. Like us. And I know these things. I, I know she's an awful, despicable person. Like, this is not news to me. I find it funny that people were just like, there's gambling in this house? Like, like. It reminds me of uh, in like the 20, all those 20s movies and shows where the cop is running the whorehouse. <laughs> And then, uh, like, what do you mean in? these college students are drinking? <laughs> <laughs> are oh. any of you 21? The public safety officer. That, uh, <laughs> Listen, I uh, smelled weed from the hallway. Uh, your eyes are very bloodshot. Everyone here seems to be uh, laid back and very chill. I don't see any weed, though. So, uh, I'm just not going to write you a citation. That's my, that's my favorite officer story. For anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> Uh, I got busted for public from public safety for a room that smelled like weed and they were being very charitable <laughs> and writing me up for that thing because if they would have looked down, which I'm sure they did, you would have seen a huge pile of weed on the table. So, Pre-broken, yeah. just ready to be wrapped. <laughs> so he literally walked in the room. He's just like, probably looks at it. And he's just like, it smells like weed in here. I'm gonna write you a ticket for smelling like weed. Yeah, it just it reminds me of the meme of like um, I should have you know what though I should have taken that advantage I should have taken his his uh, uh the the advantage of him letting me cop out of it and yep. just be like excuse me what does smells like weed mean I want this thing rescinded how do you know what weed smells yeah. like how do you write a ticket for smelling like weed but not actually finding the evidence of the crime <laughs> maybe it was my neighbor <laughs> I don't know uh. But uh, if, <laughs> maybe it was for many years of people smoking weed in these dorms. It, it reminds me of the meme of uh, like the the cop or the public safety officer at the door, but it's shot from the angle of the back, and there's just like beer bottles stacked up behind <laughs> everything. But from the angle of the door, you can't see anything. And they're like, "No alcohol here, officer. I don't know what to tell you. Sorry about it. Yeah, all right. Get a party, you say? Here <laughs> on this floor? 
<laughs> Look at us. We are having a study night, as you can clearly see from the open books and the no beer bottles. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Don't you see my studying monocle? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, uh, we talked about Marjorie Taylor Greene probably back in like August or September where she was gaining traction um, (laughs) nationally because she was going to win her race once she got the primary. She was going to win her race in a landslide. Didn't really matter. Um, And we were just like, uh, bitch is crazy. All right. She looks crazy. Rob would date her. She's definitely crazy. (laughs) That's how crazy she is. What are you going to do? Um, but the, the more interesting race, I think is one that we brought up last week, which is Matt Talley in the race for the first and Andy Harris also, by the way, batshit crazy. He is looking more like Marjorie Taylor green every day that I see him. <laughs> not literally though. I mean, not, not literally. He's not as attractive. I, I wouldn't date. Andy <laughs> Rob's Harris. not going to date Andy Harris. Let's not, but, uh, you know, his, his whole, uh, I took a gun to Congress and, uh, he's going to stand strong on the like everything that Trump wants. Yeah. Uh, I'm expecting him to go pay fealty like McCarthy did at some point. Um, did you see the picture of McCarthy, by the way? Like Trump standing there with the thumbs up and like McCarthy's like broken. <laughs> Hi guys. Yeah. I do what I got to do. Uh, <laughs> almost been a porn reference. Broken. I won't make that. Nonetheless. Um, so uh, we talked about uh, Matt Talley flipped the first. I'm all for flipping the first. And uh, then this week, uh, a story came out that, uh, he won't be the only Democratic t- candidate running in the first because Heather Majeur yeah, is also going to run in the first. And you guys may not recognize that name. I'm trying to remember. We've been doing this podcast a long time. I don't know if we talked about her back in Maryland. I'm sure we did. I can't remember her run for governor and what year that was. I Wasn't know, that the first Hogan year? I no, was, no, 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 no. That was, uh, oh, fuck, Anthony Brown. Yes. It's the first Hogan year. Yes. Um. But it must I, have been the second one. Though. I was still actively involved in politics. I remember that because I was working for the Democratic Party and I met her several times. And I think that she would be a good governor for Maryland, which she wouldn't necessarily be. I think it, there was a, a little while there where she was thinking about running for mayor of Baltimore. Yes, too. I think so. Or she did run for maybe she ran the same year that uh, that we interviewed all the candidates for mayor. No, I think that was. was that she didn't actually run. She Maybe just she thought just about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she would have to move into the city, and she yeah. wasn't willing to do that. But she was willing to move into District 1 so right. she could run against Andy, which she's done now. And now she's announced she's going to run against Andy. And, I, you know, I, we, we know Matt Talley personally, so I think that we have a connection to that race. And I say this not because of that personal connection, but because of the overarching issue. Democrats, you have such an opportunity right now. The Republican Party is about to combust. It's both my parents were essentially Tea Partiers, even though neither one of them would admit they were Tea Partiers. But both of them aren't pushing Trump. Both of them aren't pushing Trump. Mm. That means that even the craziness of this Tea Party is not has now been surpassed by the Trumpers, and you're splitting that vote. There is a good possibility that the primaries of twenty twenty two are going to feature you know, just like the Tea Party did, a Trumper versus a moderate, and that whoever loses, likely if the Trumper loses, they will also run as a third party just to stay in, into the the, th- yeah. the end. Democrats, we have a chance. We, and I don't say we because f- I'm not a fucking Democrat, but at, people on the left, yeah. we have a chance to really make an indent in the Senate and in the House. But when I see races like this one where a Democratic stalwart is now jumping into a very contested race, and I say to myself, if I was in the district, which technically I still am a resident of Maryland and a voter, 
if I was going to vote for somebody in District 1, do I vote for the Democratic stalwart, who has been in politics for the last 20 years and represents everything about the Democratic Party? Or do I try to attract a new, somebody new into this race? This, I mean, <laughs> look at every single time Maryland has gotten itself a Republican governor. Uh, the way that we got there was because the Democratic Party of Maryland said themselves, we got this can't miss candidate for governor. Mm -hmm. Let's run them mm -hmm. and then never actually let them run. Kathleen, Kathleen, Kennedy, Kathleen Townsend. Kennedy Townsend, Anthony, Anthony Brown. Brown. These are both Anthony Brown didn't start realistically campaigning until the week before. Yeah. Like I, I did not see him on the news. I did not see him standing on the side of a road, like giving a press conference. Either even fucking through Vigoraja was driving around with a fucking lectern in his car. Now, to like, be fair, he was also drunk, and he was asking cops <laughs> why they were pulling him over. Do they know who he is? Why but. are you letting my girlfriend walk home? <laughs> <laughs> I still paid her for another three hours. Um, yeah, it's and and I know people are going to say, "What about Martin O'Malley?" No one wanted Martin to run for governor. The party certainly Martin, did not want Martin it. wanted Martin to run for yes, <laughs> and much like Martin wanted Martin to run for to run for mayor, and he became mayor, and then he wanted to run for governor. And nobody wanted that either. <laughs> much like nobody wanted him to run for president either, and he did that too. Like, <laughs> thank God he didn't win. But I mean, in the end, um, his long streak of doing things people don't want him to do and winning. I and we can't point to him as an example because he essentially uh, is the exception that proves the rule. Democrats, we keep putting up, you keep putting up these party people and they keep losing. And I'm reminded of the newsroom. If Democrats are so smart, why do they lose so goddamn always? And it's because you do shit like this. Because you have moderate Republicans on the outside saying, all right, Andy Harris is clearly this crazy Trump guy and I can't vote for him. Who would I rather vote for? The Democrat, who is essentially Nancy Pelosi, or, well, by the way, will be identified with Nancy Pelosi no matter what. She'll be identified yeah. with AOC, all of the Democratic people. Or do I vote for The this? boogeyman part of the Democratic Party. Yes, the boogeyman mm -hmm. part of the party, or the boogeywoman part of the party. Yeah. A woman. Um, anyway, uh, or the, the guy who... Because it's just so funny that, that <laughs> you can be compared to both AOC and Nancy Pelosi despite the fact that those two are so goddamn different. <laughs> So different. Could not be more different. She's going to be another Pelosi and an AOC combined. <laughs> it's just like, well, which parts of which are you? <laughs> I really need to know. Uh, uh, she's closer in age to Pelosi, but uh, she's like socially like AOC, but fiscally like Pelosi. So uh, anyway, if I'm if I'm a, cons a moderate conservative, do I vote for her, the party person? Yeah. Or do I vote for, again, the guy who's wearing... A hat and a jacket and a t-shirt who's very much like, and I say this not ideologically, but maybe superficially, kind of that Trump personality who's like, I'm going to shake things up. I'm going to do things different. It's new blood. I'm not the Democrat you know. I'm not the guy who's been running the state for the last 30 years, which by the way, a huge complaint from a lot of Republicans yeah. is how they've run the state. No, this is a new guy. He's going to bring new ideas, new blood. Even if I didn't know him and I saw that these two were running, I would probably just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're doing a great job. Run for governor at some point, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but the first is going to be a, a conservative district that you're going to have to, you know, actually, you don't have to be conservative idealized. You have to be different from the Democrats. I the mean, last person who put in a challenge was different. <laughs> Craddeville won. He was just like, eh, I'm not, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a, I'm he was a Democrat, a, but. He was like right. a Joe Manchin type. Yeah. Yeah. 
Democrat, but you know. Mm. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, Democrat, one- but desperately wants to keep that seat. <laughs> desperately wants to be a judge, so I'm going to run for two years. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just think. Oh, you better hope you never find him and you find yourself in his court again. I guess not. <laughs> uh, but I think what it comes down to is the Democrats are going to use this opportunity to implode their own party, eat their own and lose these seats that they should win. And we know more about Maryland because we, we were involved in the politics there, but I see that happening everywhere. Yeah. It, it's just something that's going to happen because the Democrats lose. So goddamn always. And we can't fucking help it. Yeah. That's the most upsetting thing to me is that the Democrats are going to get fucking hammered in 2022. Uh, when the congressional races come up again, and whether or not they get hammered because they do it to themselves or because they get out of the way and let the Republicans do it to torpedo them. themselves, yep. like it, it, it's half a dozen of one, 12 of another. Uh, I totally got that fucking wrong. What is that? Expression? Six of one, half dozen. There of another. it is. There you go. Yeah. Uh, COVID. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go through this quick because yeah. there's not a whole lot that you need to know. Uh, other than the fact that it's not over yet. It's not done. It's not even close to being done. Uh, sure, there are vaccines out there. Sure, mm-hmm. there are people who are getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel got her first dose of the vaccine here uh, a week ago. It is... Uh, I looked yesterday. So uh, anyone who has a Citizen, it's an app that tells you like when there's crime and shit like that in your area. Yeah, which uh, everyone should have if you live in It's a nice app to yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, they also do uh, daily COVID updates. And I got a notification that said uh, cases are dropping. Uh, you know, restrictions have been lessened or whatever. And I opened it up. And that day in L.A., I think it was two days ago, 18,000 cases. Which is the same amount of cases, roughly, that we were having going up until Christmas mm-hmm. when the Thanksgiving surge And we were freaking hit. the fuck and out we were like, oh, my God, almost 20,000 cases. What the fuck are we going to do? Yeah. And then, obviously, it got way worse, but has, you know, true to form, dropped. But we're still at this point. I, I keep – this is something we were saying at the very beginning. Like, we shut down. There were all these cases, this huge spike. And then we opened back up. And, like, when the spike was going down, and then all of a sudden, as we started going back out, it got even higher than it was when it first spiked. So, I... Well, then we shut down again, Corey. And then it started coming down again. And then so, we, we reopened again. Yeah. And it spiked up even higher. I just don't... Like, the... It's, it's almost as like if there was a pattern. I wish I could see the pattern. It's almost like you're getting sued by somebody. And then right when it's about to get to in front of a judge, mm-hmm. we open back up instead. Like, that's... At least yeah. that's the California way. That's what, what it seems like to me. <sighs> or uh, ever you want to do the responsible thing, and then right when you're worried about losing an election, you uh, do the irresponsible thing. <laughs> um, and as I mentioned in the opening, uh, four people who I know personally uh, and would call friends, except for not now, um, who I see traveling around the country, multiple cities on multiple flights, uh, internationally in some cases. Uh, fuck you guys. You're the fucking problem. I know at least one of you actually does listen to the podcast. So if you think this is you, it's absolutely fucking you. And you're the fucking problem. Like, I want this to be over too. Corey wants this to be over. We want to be done with all of this. And the fact that people can't just fucking... It's been a year. I get it. It's been a year. I fucking, I'm going insane. But we got to just buckle down and get the fuck through it. God damn it. The one, the, the part that gets me, though. You know what? And I... I 
I hate the people who are not following the rules, who are doing whatever the fuck they want, but there's almost a part of it that I understand how they could get to that point where they can think, oh, fuck it. You know, I mean, I understand. No, and I, I, I understand. I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't think less of them. I'm just saying, like, I get how they can get to that point. Yes. And I, I think so much of this was the fact that we never took it seriously from the very beginning. And you just can't, you know, put the catch up back in the tube. Like, there's no there's there's no way to to do that. Like, you know, if right when it hit our shores, we got really fucking serious about testing and contact tracing and making sure that we knew how things transmitted. Yeah. We're, we had a we uh this past weekend was virtual Sundance because mm-hmm. uh there's no Sundance this year because of COVID and literally a year ago at this time I was thinking about oh maybe I could go to go to Park City for the weekend maybe I'll get a hotel in Saint, uh, Salt Lake City just go for the weekend mm-hmm. drive on down go to some parties meet some people blah 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 come back to L A I was shooting a movie at that time so yeah. it would have to have been a weekend trip but uh you know people were were getting covid at sundance it yes. was before people knew what it was what it was yep i mean like in the u.s like the, we didn't think it had hit our shores yet but it had hit people in la who brought it to utah or you know other where in the country where they went to utah and brought mm-hmm. it to LA. you know like there's a lot of people who uh i know got sick after they went to sundance so uh you know i i get it we're it, we all wanted to be uh, I, there are so many times where I'm I'm like fuck it I'm just going to Vegas I just need to like physically be in Somewhere another else. place yes uh, but I don't do it because I keep seeing myself it's the responsible actions now that will pay off benefits later because if I don't get sick then maybe I don't get other people sick and maybe people don't die yep and you have to start thinking about it less in terms of like you know I know a lot of people are like well I'm young and healthy so if I get it I'll be fine yep great but what about you know, the the 80 year old who works at the deli that you go to every weekend. Like, you know, like that, yeah, that's the uh, there was a story in the L.A. Times. Or it's uh, like I wear a mask when, you know, yeah. like uh, a story in the L.A. Times. Uh, every restaurant that does outdoor dining was reopened in L.A. and they were all packed this weekend. And yeah. we're sacrificing our working class so that people who are slightly above or want to pretend they're not in the working class for a night can go do that. Um, because who knows how many cases are going to come out of this weekend and we're going to see another huge spike. 450,000 people are dead. 450,000 people are dead. Yeah. More people have died from COVID in the United States than died in Europe and in the Pacific during World War II. 450,000 people are dead. Trump is to blame for that. Congress is to blame for that. Biden is slowly getting on my shit list of starting to be to blame for that as well. The vaccine makers share some blame for that, I'm sure. There's a lot of blame to go around. But you... You who is traveling, you who is setting a bad example for other people, because when I see you traveling, the, my first instinct is, ah, we could go to Vegas. We could go to Vegas for the weekend. to be fine. You are the problem. And 450,000 dead is on your head because Corey and I have done fucking nothing for a year. Just fucking locked down for a year. And we all want to do things we want to go on vacation we want to go different places we want to Uh, to, we don't to me part of the problem i think is that we all break the rules a little bit here and there yeah i think uh, you know like (laughs) obviously rob is in the same room as me right now we're separated and we keep distance when we can and stuff like that yeah uh but you know he's part of my extended bubble here the bubble he's part of my bubble we're in the bubble but you know like traditionally you would think of the bubble as just the people who live in your home like not people outside of your home if so, this had lasted 
three weeks. Yeah. I think we could have followed that rule and been fine. Right. But uh, the bubble gets bigger. I, I would say the bubble gets bigger the longer we go over, along. Um, but only because we bring other people along to our line of thinking. The speed limit is the speed limit. And if you're not going to follow it, you're out of the bubble. That's it. Yeah. You, you can be in the bubble if you follow the speed limit. Okay. So, uh, which is an ingenious thing. I think we talked about that in a previous episode. Yeah. Um, but I think it's natural that you have to add people in so long as they agree to the rules. Well, you, if you have nobody, you're just going crazy right now. And yeah. that's the, that's the, I know people who are like literally locked in with nobody else to deal yeah. with. And it's, it, I, you know, it's the worst. Uh, and I don't know it, it, if everyone took it more seriously, then we could all get out of quicker. We could all, you know, and it, it, there's promising things that are being discussed as benchmarks for the buy, you know, like just in the past week, uh, the Biden administration bought 400 million new vaccines, yes. which should be enough to get both doses of the vaccine to everyone. basically everyone in America. Yeah, Everyone uh, who's left anyway. You yeah. know, and there's talks of by spring, if you want it, you can get it. By the end of the summer, we should have everyone vaccinated. Yep. Uh, those are great. <laughs> Would very much like that to be the case. But we all need to live till that point. We all need to collectively Decide to live up until that point. Also and on I, my shit list are all the governors because a thousand doses a day nationwide are being wasted. Yeah. Because the vaccine rollout has been fucked from yeah. day one. And uh, yeah, I've registered and up. everywhere too. I mean, that, it, it, you know, this is this is beyond a, you know, like obviously Gavin Newsom. We've talked about fucking yeah, things fucking. up. Uh, Andrew Cuomo has been fucking up the fucking vaccine too. rollout. Uh, Ron DeSantis in Florida. There's a there's a Double Republican. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, they're everywhere. Is people Hogan, fucking up the Hogan? Fuck him too, and all of them. And I mean, like you know, some of them are not. You know, like Hogan definitely didn't do everything right, but well, he's done fuck, not he, double fuck. Right? Yes, he's I mean. he's done better than <laughs> better than some. But also part of the problem is that like if you don't have the supply chain, then you really can't. It would be so much easier for these governors if they just had all the vaccine that they needed to vaccinate everyone in the state, and then they're mm-hmm. just like, everyone come right now, get your vaccine. Like the fact that it's got to be staged. Yeah. Yeah. No, if there was a federal stockpile and they were like, Hey, we want reliable deliveries of a thousand a day. We can give out a thousand a day. And then we're just going to make a list. Yeah. People start showing up thousand a day. Give them to them. Give them to them. Give them to them. Um, I read a story about vaccine hunters who are essentially people who sit and wait outside of a pharmacy. Yeah. Just to see if any, if they have any, people didn't show up for their appointments and they have people ones left over. That should not be a thing. That should not be a thing. Florida was giving them away to anyone who was 65, whether or not they were a resident or not. So there were people in L.A. There was a very popular private jet shuttle Mm -hmm. was going from L.A. to Florida so that 65-year-old people here could just get their vaccine there. Now, you know, you're 65. You're going to be getting it here at some point sooner rather than later. But you get it sooner there. Yeah. but I I got money. Right. But, I mean, like, it's just like. I don't know. Fucking Guess who's ridiculous. not getting it though? It's the grandmother of um, the woman who's uh, at the check the checkout. Yeah. That you're going to, or the waitress, or any number of other people you come in contact with. I mean, you know, personally speaking, I know being elderly is high risk, and I don't want to take that away from them. But I I think that a major concern of everyone right now is the children in the schools. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe let's hurry up on the teachers so we can get, get that part of school? our yeah because yeah. like you know. Again, talking about the lower risk associated, children are not a huge risk or a huge risk of dying from this. There are some cases of children dying, mm-hmm. but if you have the teachers vaccinated, then at the very least, you're keeping the highest risk people in that particular situation protected from the virus. And 
you know, we can get these kids back to school, which I, I again, I, uh, I wouldn't even imagine what I would be as a kid right now Learning at home. home. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, in the 90s, we would have been fucked. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to call in. Everybody get on a call. Here we go. Conference call at 8 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a private school, though, so I probably would have still been in school. Corey Baker checking in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it, there's a bunch of people protesting at uh, Dodger Stadium, anti-vaxxers. Uh, who don't believe in modern science and the securities of it. And I know the irony with which I say this, and I'm going to say it anyway, and the views I express are mine and mine alone, and not those of Corey or the, or the other podcast. But if I uh, had a car, because uh, I don't own a car, and therefore I'm not capable of doing this thing that I am talking about completely hypothetically, uh, and that thing is, of course, running down the protesters who are outside of the Vax Clinic, and then interceding between them and the ambulance, because I would not want... Any sort of injections or medical technology. I don't want medicine to be used for them after I've hit them repeatedly with my car out of respect for their wishes. Look at the mangled bunny. It's like it's in God's hands now. It's Jesus. Nature (laughs) nature will cure this. If you're meant to survive, nature will nature will take care of it. Um and I'm sure there's some leaves you can rub on yourself somewhere around here. I got a crystal in my car. Hang on, I got a crystal somewhere here. Uh I mean that wholeheartedly. Quickly get this man some aromatherapy. If you're standing in the, if you don't believe in vaccines, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, you're crazy and dumb and we're better off if COVID kills you because you'll take yourself out of the gene pool. God, let's hope you haven't procreated yet. Um, because I don't want those genes to be passed on. Uh, but if you're going to stand in the road and I didn't say this about anybody else, because I think there are many justified reasons to stand in the road and draw attention to the issue. Yeah. Being anti-vax is not one of them and you should be hit by a car. And you should be refused medical treatment because that's your personal belief. And you should be taken out of the gene pool. Do not interfere with other people's ability to stop a deadly virus from spreading through our city and our state and our country. You fucking morons. (laughs) I am really getting sick of playing stupid or selfish because in the end result, what I'm learning is... Stupid is winning a lot? They're they're all stupid. (laughs) And everyone who's left is fucking selfish. So... um, I just think it's... I, I just think it's always uh, interesting when you see the LAPD tweet where it's just like <laughs> it didn't slow down the vaccination. They, they didn't they didn't block the gates. They didn't do this when there's many reports saying the exact opposite. of yeah. that. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, rewind to people protesting in front of Garcetti's house because they thought he might get some sort of appointment in the Biden administration and getting tear gas shot at them and yeah. <laughs> a peaceful protest of 20 people meeting 60 officers or. Any of the protests that happened at any point during the course of this last year where LAPD were hanging out the side of windows, <laughs> firing on people. And note, my position was entirely different for them <laughs> because those are important things and your nonsensical bullshit is not important. And when I start my, when I restart my career, I mean, if I started a career as a serial killer, <laughs> I would make my list. All of those people on social media who have been posting QAnon and anti-vax and all of those things. In fact, maybe that'll be my next book. A completely fictional and hypothetical <laughs> account of a killer who kills all of the anti-vaxxers. Faux part two. Hmm. Uh, anyway, we have one last thing. Let's make it snappy because we're running super long, predictably long. Again. Yeah. Hey, uh, what uh, thing is this for? Uh, for sports ball. Oh yeah. So uh, we are 
less than a week away from the Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, we've had a couple positive cases of COVID from the Chiefs players, but so far it seems like uh, nobody, no big names have been <laughs> involved here. Yes. Uh, so, no Mahomes. I, There's no Mahomes. No Mahomes. No no Tyreek Hills or anything yeah. like that or Tom Brady's. Um, Although God, let's hope. I mean, yeah. if there is a God. Tom Brady's name will be on that. I just list. imagine that Tom Brady gets it. He sheds his skin and just <laughs> <laughs> plays with the with the husk underneath. You know? Are you saying he's a lizard person? Is that what you're saying? Because I could get behind that. That actually makes more sense than you know QAnon. All so. I'm saying is he's too traditionally good looking to have stayed this good looking for so long. That's a when we said we wanted things back to normal, we did not mean Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. So they'll be playing in front of their home crowd in Tampa. Uh, do you have a a pick of where you think the where where would you put your money uh, um, on this game? I guess I would say. I think everything in my body says not Tom Brady, just because personally speaking, I don't want Tom Brady to win. Yeah, uh, I think part of me also says the AFC is a much tougher conference, or has seemed to be much tougher. So almost like the survivor of that seems to be the tougher person yeah. the tougher team coming in but then on the other hand the logical part of my brain says you can almost never put money against tom yeah tom is tom so i i, and I feel advantage tom too so i feel a similar way in in so much as uh traditionally anytime i've really fucked myself with a sports bet uh i end up looking at the bet after the game is over with mm-hmm. and then i say to myself something like why the fuck did I ever think that this person was going to be? Why did I ever think that uh, Andy Dalton was going to beat Tom Brady? Like, well, I went with emotion well, over logic. I was just so sure that you know the, the the Tom Brady had no chance, and then all of a sudden he can't. You know, like well, you wanted it. You wanted, wanted Tom Brady to, to have no yeah. chance. Yeah, but he's fucking Tom Brady. So, but I do. You know, I I really do think if you look at it. Mahomes is the more talented quarterback. Yep. The Chiefs have the more talented skill position players. Mm. If everybody's uh, left by the time they get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, there's some, you know, there's an injury to the Chiefs line, which is not great, but that always makes bigger waves than it seems like it would. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the, the Bucks have a better defense. So it's kind of a, it, it, it's it's going to be tough. I, I if I, If it was me and I was putting money on it, I would like to uh, go with the under or go with, you know, the the Bucks as the underdog, mostly because I'd be more worried about this game ending as a two point score rather than the Chiefs winning by 30. You know, like mm-hmm. I think that there's more of a chance that this comes down to a field goal at the end than it does the Chiefs routing them, even though there have been a lot of routes in the history of the Super Bowl. I just feel like this one will remain close and maybe low scoring. So I, I was going to say, so the uh, point spread as of this morning was uh, Chiefs ne- by negative three. Oh, it dropped. Yes. Yeah. So, so you could have had three and a half earlier this week. So that would have given you an extra half point of buffer Yeah. in that situation. Um, and the over-under is 56 points, which I think is generous. I don't. Yeah, think I'm going under on that one. Yeah. I mean, you know, 20, uh, 23, 23 game hypothetically gets you. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm more inclined to think it's going to be like a 2017-17-14 as opposed to a, you know, 30-35 to 32 or something like that, you know? I was going to say, it'll either be 
20 to 14, something like that. Or it'll be 56 to 53, where just like both quarterbacks decide they're going to put on an all-star show. And something something show tells up. me you'll know pretty early on yeah. whether or not you're going to cover that under bet. Yeah. Or yeah. that over bet. <laughs> like that one will become pretty obvious. But um, the negative three, the, the by three, uh, you know, f- a field goal. Yeah, I mean, a field goal is a push if you're going three exactly. Yeah. Uh, I always like getting that half point on other, either side of it where I can uh, figure it out rather than putting myself in a push situation. But, you know, the other part of this, which is really interesting, is that because online gambling is only available in certain states. Mm-hmm. and Or if you have a VPN. Or if you live, <laughs> you know, if you live in Nevada, mm-hmm. then you can uh, – or have a computer that makes it seem like you're in Nevada, <laughs> then you can you can bet on Nevada sports. Uh, but, you know, people aren't going to Vegas this weekend like they would normally do during a Super Bowl weekend. So the actual money that is transferring hands in any kind of betting market is way lower just because of COVID than it would be in a normal year. Uh, obviously I think people will still bet with like their friends and stuff like that. Like they usually do, but the, the big business of gambling on sports is not quite the same this year. So you have to think about it more in terms of, you might be able to put a more out there line in a heavier betting time because, uh, you get a lot of people who would just, you, the, 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 the talk is that the chiefs high powered offense and, blah, 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 and then it starts driving up the price, and yeah. then all of a sudden you get a five-point spread or something like that. Vegas is being way more conservative with this with this line, I think, because it's not just that it should be a close game, which I think people think it will be, but uh, also they need to cover themselves. From There's less getting, money on both yeah, sides of the bet. They need to cover themselves for that sort of thing. So. Uh, the website I happen to pull up here also uh, mentions that it opened at uh, Chiefs negative three. Mm-hmm. And over under fifty seven point five, yeah, which tells me that apparently a lot of people were taking the well, a lot of people were taking the under, which is why the under keeps moving down. Yeah. Um, and to go up from negative three to three point five and then come back down means that people were taking the Chiefs at negative three and they had to push it up a bit, or they weren't taking the Chiefs at negative. Yeah, I mean, three like it, it, it's basically how the how the money comes in. Yeah. So obviously, a lot of chi- early Chiefs money, and then uh, maybe later in the week it became more Buck money, and, and then, so they they yeah. pushed it up a little bit to get more Chief money in, and then now it's coming back down to three to get. Yeah, because I mean, like it it wasn't going to get higher than three and a half. I don't, you know, unless something really weird happened. Uh, uh, Mahomes has COVID, or, or Brady has COVID. Brady has COVID. <laughs> like, yeah. It yeah. wasn't going to get higher than three and a half. So, you know, if, if you're a Chiefs, if you think the Chiefs are going to win by more than three points, three and a half points, you, there's you want to buy it when you have as much latitude as you possibly can. So yeah. getting in there early, I guess, is, or if you're more of your uh, betting on the bucks early, like you'd want to have the, the bigger line because, yeah. again, the, they win by three. You push. You get your money back, which is fine, but you don't win anything. Yeah. If it's three and a half, then field goal doesn't do anything. You can. But <sighs> I just don't. I don't like any of the lines on that at all. I mean, even the under is in a spot where I mean, and that's of course why because less money and it's going to be less dynamic. But fifty six is one because um the I, the expert has it at thirty twenty four final, which puts us at what fifty four. Yeah. So that's under the current over under. Wait, it was three and a half under the the fifty seven point five. 
But I, that, I didn't realize. I'm doing the math in my head. Wait, 34-30? Oh, okay. 30-24. Yeah. Which is 54 points total. Yeah. See, and again, it's going to be the thing of like, at the end of the first quarter, we're going to know. Are they going to really hit the over? Are they going to go over? Or are they going to hit under? Because I think the first two drives from both teams will let us know. I will but. say this. I'm I'm not super confident on, on anything regarding the Super Bowl. So, you know, while I would probably take the Bucks just because I think it'll be a closer game, it's not because I think the Bucks are necessarily the clear favorite. One thing I would put money on, though, if I was uh, – in the Vegas area online at some point mm-hmm. in the next couple of days. Uh, is Rob Gonkowski to score a touchdown? I bet mm. you get really good odds on it, and I almost guarantee they're trying to figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it, it just feels like they've been saving Gronk for the touchdown in the Super Bowl. You want like, that moment? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't usually get feelings about these sort of things, but when I do, I feel like it's important to share. I I told everyone to to take the Raiders over the Chiefs in the the first week they played at the uh, the new stadium in That's Vegas true. because people you know everyone was like oh the Raiders suck they're not gonna be any good I'm like open in a new house people get excited about that sort of thing yeah like, these players are gonna come out ready to play because they they're opening their new stadium and they want to they don't want it to be a, a losing game so and the Nevada was open for fans to be there not everybody no. but some fans right no it was co- Is it, it still close yeah they didn't have any oh, fans yeah. all season i don't think ah well yeah uh <laughs> Uh, is there a line get where to have I can... a second inaugural or a, a second uh, first season? <laughs> second second first yeah. season? Inaug- uh, yeah, what is it? Uh, inaugural. Yeah, inaugural season. Yeah. Um, is there a line that I can take for Tom Brady to suffer a Joe Theismann injury on the field during the Super Bowl? Not during. Not one of the respectable books. I don't think. Okay. You, you'd have to go off market for that. I just really. You'd want... have to go to the places where they do monkey fights and stuff. <laughs> I want to put that kind of juju in the universe. I just want to put it out there and just let the universe know somebody's looking for it. And uh, in this alternate timelines that are possible, the Maybe. universe universe looks down. And it's like, oh, the one who said things about running people over with his car. I think not. <laughs> or or the universe or, says or like. The one who wants to run down the anti-vaxxers. I can't do that. I can't do that because it'll make everybody want to run people down. But I mean, I'll give you Brady. He's at the end of his career anyway. He's going to make millions of dollars the rest of his life. I'm going to give you the Thiesman. Go ahead. The the one last thing we wanted to just quickly mention. uh, (laughs) He breaks his leg during the Super Bowl. (laughs) Clip it. Listen, uh, I'm just saying. Prophetic. (laughs) I'm calling in. See, I, I don't do that same sort of thing about my <laughs> Rob Gronkowski call, so I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, really <laughs> likely. Tom Brady is at the Listen, 40 I'm sure, years old. I'm sure you could get, like, plus 280 on that, that Rob Gronkowski touchdown call. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, the, yeah. the last topic, yes. Uh, the last topic, uh, Rams be ramming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this whole... Uh, Draft picks for players thing is uh, for the birds, clearly. So they've decided to send off two of them to the Detroit Lions, uh, two first-round picks and a third-round pick to the Detroit Lions for so, Matthew Safford, who will oh. uh, take over for Jared Goff, who was also sent to Detroit in the deal. Yes. And uh, one of those first-round picks, by the way, was apparently because Goff's contract is so massive. It was like, a, here, take this first-round pick and Goff. <laughs> So. Yes, uh, you must take you must pay him as well. Uh, we're not going to pay him any money. Here's what I just though it's of. funny the the Rams for this coming season, not the one that they just played, the one coming up will be paying thirty million dollars to Todd Gurley and uh, to Jared Goff for not more. playing for them. Not anymore though. Yeah, no, Detroit's picking up that money, right? 
No, but there's still bonus money oh. that's associated with the Rams that they can't get out of. Yeah. 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 Uh, just thought, though. Maybe when you not trade a player, you, you, you get penalized by a certain amount of them. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not such a dumb decision. No COVID season last season. In college football, and possibly a weirdly short or different collegiate season next season, mm. means maybe the draft isn't going to be as uh, clear or as knowingful as it might be in previous years. So are they worth as much as they would be any other year? I don't know. I don't know. I You know, there, there have been talks about Deshaun Watson being worth three first round draft picks sure and i think that if you are giving up two for matthew stafford the conversation of three for because <laughs> i mean like rid of jared golf don't say it's for matt stafford it's to get rid of jared Goff. <laughs> you could have traded another first round pick and another trade to get rid of golf all right like you're already they already are going to be seven years in between first round picks so yeah. uh i think they'll be fine i think they're i think they're fine with the strategy of get rid of them so uh, here is uh, the only thing that I want to mention about this whole thing. God, I got to find the image. Hang on. Uh, it was brought to my attention now that Matthew Stafford's been in the news and, you know, he's never in the news um, that it is completely possible that Elon Musk and Matt Stafford are the same person. <laughs> they have the same jaw. Uh, also, Haley Joel Osment may be one of these three people. I, I watched a movie called uh, uh, Triplet Strangers or Three of a Kind or something yeah. like that. And it was about three guys from three different families who were ostensibly strangers. Um, watch the documentary. It's very interesting. But I think Elon Musk, Matt Stafford, and Haley Joel Osment, although they are three very different ages, might be either the same person or they might be uh, related to each other. We should really look into that. So anyway, that's all. That's all I really had to say. I'm just glad Matt Stafford's in the news because I think he has been underrated in Detroit uh, and L.A. is going to be good for him. He's going to do well here. And I don't want to cheer for Jared Goff. By the way, my yeah. my Rob Gronkowski stuff here. Yeah. Plus 225 anytime touchdown score. Hmm. Okay. So $100 bet. Yeah. You get that touchdown plus 225 on the back end. Plus the 100 plus money initially. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, if you really want to if you really want to uh, get into it, though, you ready for this prop? Sure. Yeah. Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Uh. Score at least three touchdowns, okay, including overtime, okay. But that one is a uh, plus twelve fifty. But wait, so or twelve thousand uh, five hundred, I should say. The yeah. first bet, yeah, wouldn't include overtime. He's got to score a touchdown in the first four quarters. No, I mean anytime, okay. anytime it happens. But so he, I mean, you could also you could also pay more if you think it's the first touchdown or the last touchdown score of the game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get eighteen hundred on those, but. But uh, so if he scores three touchdowns at any point during the game, it's twelve thousand five hundred. Yeah. But uh, theoretically, if you that bet would... on it beforehand, that's yeah. a, a three touchdowns though is a pretty impressive. That's a that's a high order. Um, I mean that one that one seems more like a well, let's throw a ten dollar flyer on it and make one sixty. <laughs> yeah, that also uh, or make uh. You should not bet the under if you're going to take that bet because there's no way they stay less than 54 <laughs> points. If Minus 12.50 for that one. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's about it. I think uh, I think we've done enough. Uh, uh, hopefully so, since it's two hours worth of show. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> a little short. <laughs> uh, you know where you can find all the longest podcasts we've ever done where's that oh the anthem.com core to the anthem.com with the anthem on facebook twitter instagram the listener line 
443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. You can find more of me on my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com, forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And uh, yeah, got a new camera, so I got things I got planned. But in the meantime, it's been a lot of writing. So uh, and that new video this week, right? When's it? What's the new video? Is this up already? Writing, Get, not breaking the focus from writing. Right, now. <laughs> I'm gonna finish. I've been doing so well. I've been getting a lot of work done the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I just need to, just need to put my head down. I'm six scenes away. I'm just almost there. Just gotta push. All right. So you heard tonight, folks. Six scenes away. We'll check in next week and see <laughs> where we are. <laughs> so now I'm sixteen scenes away. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little editing. Uh, now I need to start over. I'm sorry. Okay. Cut the whole first part. I'm going to do a whole note. <laughs> well, you can find more of me at Robert and Chico on your social networks. Uh, that, of course, is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, I am trying to start a new TikTok trend. If you follow me already, you know it's the notorious challenge. As I said in the post, ladies, I think you're beautiful just the way you are and just how you want to be. So I'm saying to you, go be how you want to be. Show me how you want to be seen, I guess. Maybe yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I want you to, to show me how you are when you want to be how you want to be. So go do the Notorious Challenges on uh, TikTok. And I edited this song myself. So when that thing blows up and everybody's doing it, I don't want somebody to claim it. You heard it here first. Yeah. I did it. I posted it first. Check the time. I edited the song. So I know that it was me first. Uh, but uh, also, you can follow uh, all the other social medias because I cross post everything and uh find more on the website robertandcheek.com uh where you can find links to all the stuff that i'm doing including the books that are available on amazon barrows books i almost forgot my own little byline <laughs> that's uh would have been a first anyway uh so yeah yeah well i think we've done good here today we've done something i don't know if it's good but as always you're listening to the o the anthem podcast part of the o the anthem digital network for Corey, this is rob have a great week everybody cigarette time yeah <laughs>